What spell draws the most hate in Commander, causing everyone to instantly turn on you? Well, that's easy, don't you? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> You're never going to play the same game of Magic twice. Well, if it is, it's probably because you're cheating like Steven Speck. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Hello, Magic players. Welcome to the Wake the Dead podcast, your weekly Magic the Gathering podcast brought to you by MTG Mind Games. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel for weekly magic-related content, news, deck techs, and pack openings. I'm your host, Scott. And with me tonight is my co-host, Evan. Evan, what's up, man? Finally figuring out how to use Twitter. <laughs> Woo! Welcome to the modern age. That's right. <laughs> All right. So today, today's a pretty light day, or it's been a light week. Um, I mean, we finally got information or news on uh, on what's going to happen to our cheaters at our recent uh, Pro Tour. So <laughs> yeah, what do you think about that? I'm pretty okay with it, honestly. Yeah, I, I think I think this is I think this is the suspension handed down. We're all right. Yeah, nothing too harsh or or too light or anything like no. that. No. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of people in the community seem to be upset that uh, Steven Speck only got a three year suspension, yeah. but like it's that's three years. <laughs> like for I mean, I'm not a tournament player, but for tournament players out there who are who are saying this is too light. Can you imagine not getting to play in your tournaments for three years? Right. Exactly. Like that's a that's a big punishment. Exactly. That's like that, I mean NFL players don't even see that. And like, and they get paid I, millions of dollars. They get paid millions of dollars to do <laughs> yeah. this to yeah. do what they do. I mean, yeah, three years. That's I think that's fine. Yeah. It. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, three years really is in the new in the new uh, format or the way uh, sets are going to be coming out. Three years is looking at like six, maybe eight sets that we're going to see these guys are going to miss. You know, they're not going to be able to play competitively with. Yeah. They're probably, you know, no one can stop them from buying cards. Of course, they're going to buy cards, or at least Steven is. Um, but I don't know, man. So if you haven't heard yet, uh, Steven Speck was caught cheating at Pro Tour Dragons of Tarkir. Um, he was the guy who was playing. Do, do you remember what deck he was playing? Was that uh... Amulet Bloom? I do not remember, but I can look it up. It was something like that. Uh, but he was caught cheating where he would start every game with a perfect hand, and which gave him a huge upside to all of his games, even if it wasn't you know game two or game three. Winning that first game and then having the option of just winning the next one of the next two games in order to get you to you know your top eight or whatever, that's a huge cheat. And I mean, I've heard all kinds of different things. Um, from you know YouTubers saying like different things about it to uh, to just people down at the shop talking about it. Um, yeah, three years, perfectly fine with that. If the guy does it again, then yeah, I could imagine that that would become a you know more recurring cheats are always more punishable. Let's talk about Felipe Valdivia. I watched this one happen because I stayed up and watched the Pro Tour happen. When this was happening, I saw it, and I was freaking out, dude. I was like, I was like, dude, Twitch chat is disabled because I was watching it from my computer. And it's like no one no one caught it. The commentator, commenters or commentators didn't say anything. Like it was blatant, straight up. He just picks up his Temple of Deceit as the guy passes his turn, like untaps it, 
flips it over, grabs it and puts it in his hand and just keeps going. He has judges yeah. next to him. He acts like he had just like, you know, revealed it or searched his library for it and had it on the table and then picks it up and just keeps going and proceeds to win and his opponents just okay with it. Nothing looked weird, but if you were watching the video, it looked terrible. He was it was straight like cheater status so <laughs> it appears as though steven speck was playing amulet bloom from what i can see okay yeah yeah uh as far as as far as what felipe did like i didn't <laughs> i wasn't watching it i haven't seen the video of it but i saw i saw on uh i saw on the on the internet somebody had like put the pictures of what happened in succession uh-huh. like oh, oh we played this card and then this card and then this card and then if you see right here he's picking up the card yeah yeah and like just looking at those I was like, are you, like, you realize there's a camera above you, I know, <laughs> right? Right, right? Did you not think this was going to be noticed, or? Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I think the best thing I saw was someone commented on the YouTube, that uh, on the YouTube channel uh, for Magic, they had it posted of that specific highlight, you know? And someone in the comments was all, it's okay, he's playing that new land. Don't you guys know that this, like, Temple of Deceit? enters the battlefield, and then you return it to your hand so you can play it again. <laughs> like, it's deceitful. That's so demeaning. <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh... I mean, I'm uh, laughing about it and, you know, that kind of stuff. It is terrible. Yes, okay. But it's hilarious that someone would think that they can get away with this. Like, come on. This yeah. Is, it's 2015. we got good cameras now. Like, maybe... It's one thing, it's one thing if you're trying to get... If you're trying to get away with it at at an LGS or something, yeah. you know, just with a bunch of people sitting around, like you're probably you're probably gonna get away with that. I'm not saying you should. I don't condone cheating in any yeah. way. Yeah. But don't. I mean, don't do it with cameras watching you from multiple <laughs> angles. And that's what I find funny about it, like that this guy thought he would get away with it, and I guess some people just are that ingrained is to cheat that it. They just don't even think, oh, the camera's watching me, you know? So, yeah. It's yeah. unfortunate for everyone that lost to him and how he affected uh, the standings and things like that. Maybe games would have been completely different. Maybe we'd have, we would have actually had a completely different Pro Tour champion, you know? But, yeah, it's, <sighs> it's crazy. The, the cheaters came out of the woodwork this time, so. It's going to happen from time yeah. to time. Yeah. All right, next up, let's talk about Modern Masters. We had some new cards spoiled, and actually we had a little bit of controversy happen within the past few days about uh, cards being spoiled on MTG Salvation and um, Mythic Spoiler taking over and posting them on their site as well. Um, If you haven't heard, uh, we had some spoilers come out from uh, what people are calling a reputable source on MTG Salvation, uh, that they spoiled cards last Modern Masters and that they were correct when on um, the cards that they had spoiled. They had pictures to back it up. And now they're saying that uh, this guy came out and he listed off a... Pff, dude, this is like a dream list of all the cards everyone yeah. wants to see. You know, I'm sure a lot of them are going to be in there. But, you know, he's saying certain things are mythic, certain things are rare. That does change prices and people base... You know, the speculative secondary market is going to pay... Uh, is going to change their pricing based off of things like this. So uh, they spoil a bunch more this time, and several of them have actually just recently been proven false. Well, not necessarily several. One in particular, his original claim was that Splinter Twin was going to be a mythic, 
um, and everyone was freaking out because you know there's only so many mythic spots. And turns out that Wizards of the, Wizards of the Coast came out and said that Spellskite and Splinter Twin will be at rare. So how do we feel about this? Like, how are we supposed to feel? Now the the Wizards of the Coast spoiling that that came out after after. I kind of feel like that's that might be Wizards' way of saying, "Hey, don't listen to him." Yeah. Like I feel like if you're sure he was, he, he ended up being right last time. You know that that's one thing. Sometimes people get some information. This kind of feels like he might have just been looking to get that attention again. Yeah. Uh, by by spoiling things at the wrong rarity, and then having Wizards go, "No, look, he's wrong." Like that. <laughs> honestly, I don't. I. I I don't think I could believe anything in his list at that point. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I mean, what we're talking about now is it's actually up still on Mythic Spoiler. Uh, as of recording this, we can still see... I'll just rattle off some of the cards here. We had, you know, obviously we had Emrakul, Karn, uh, Tarmogoyf already spoiled. Vanillion Click's been spoiled and officially out there. Um, and then, of course, Etched, etched Champion... Uh, now we have Spellskite coming into the mix and Splinter Twin. Those are all the official spoils. The rest of these were not officially spoiled, but they are definitely a pipe dream, and they do kind of fit in line with what we all want. Um, those being Kozilek, Butcher of Truth, Ulamog, the Infinite Gyre, All is Dust, uh, Elish Norn, which kind of lends to what we were saying about how you were saying that uh, people were speculating that the Praetors would be in this cycle, or the cycle yeah. of Praetors would be there. Um and then we have things like Tezzeret, the Seeker, and Dark Confidant back. Uh, Iona, Shield of Amiria, Goblin Guide, Noble Hierarch. And then we have the Command Cycle. Uh, Austere Command, Cryptic Command, Profane Command, Incendiary Command, Primal Command, and uh, Fulminator Mage, and Mox Opal. Now, personally, the only card I really care about in this list that really impacts the secondary market is Noble Hierarch and Fulminator Mage. The rest of those, I mean, Elishnorn gets played in EDH, maybe reanimated in some modern decks, but usually people, if they're reanimating anything, they're going to be reanimating Grizzlebrand. The rest of the cycle for the Eldrazi, you know, we want to see that. Obviously, if we see Emrakul, we want to see the rest of them. Um, yeah. But how do you feel about... How do you feel about... Just in general, that list. I mean, that list is pretty cool for me because I didn't, especially with the, with the commands in there because I didn't play at that sure. time. Yeah. So having the opportunity to get to get some of those cards without just you know going out and buying them because I think just going out and buying individual cards is boring to me. Yeah. I, I would rather have the opportunity to open them because just because it's more fun. Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of neat to have even even the thought of having the opportunity to to get some of those things out of a pack, but. Just because, like, I don't know if it's going to be, if those are actually anything that's going to be in here, it's kind of hard to, I don't want to get my hopes up and then be let down when I'm not able to get a Cryptic Command out of it. Exactly. Well, see, Cryptic Command, my thing is Cryptic Command was in the last one. Um, And they know, you know, Cryptic Command is so, such a sought-after card, especially by Blue Mages, like... You gotta have a cryptic command in your EDH deck, dude. Like, I don't. You Just gotta, don't. You gotta. I mean, um, now see the thing is, I like this list. I think that a lot of these cards will most likely be on there. I don't know how I feel about Tezzeret, the Seeker, 
I mean, if they end up coming out and saying Tezzeret the Seeker's in there, I am... We played during Shards, so I guess I'm kind of biased with uh, not being too excited about seeing Shards uh, Planeswalkers in there. Yeah. Um, what I would like to see is more of like um, Tamiyo, because Tamiyo is like a $17, $18 Planeswalker. Um, just on average, just some of the stuff from Abyssin Restored, uh, a lot of these third sets that didn't see a lot of printing or maybe people didn't have their hands on them, Obviously, all of the uh, all the Praetors will be nice because I, I do feel the Praetors will be in there. People were saying that some of the Mythics from Red are kind of lackluster. And I think one of the cards that needs to be in there is Urbrask the Hidden. Because personally, as a cube player and as a, as a, as a cube player and a commander player, Urbrask only had the one printing. And I really like that card a lot. I like the art. I like everything that it has to it has to offer for red. So, I mean, Goblin Guide's great and all, but I'm I'm more so that Timmy wanting my Urbrask out of uh, out of Water Masters. Don't even know what Urbrask is or even how to spell it to look it up. <laughs> Urbrask. All right, we, we can edit that out. <laughs> Urbrask is U R A B R A S K. Urbrask. Urbrask the Hidden. Yeah. He looks, he looks like a predator or something like that. Like a, or not predator. You control have haste creatures your opponents control. Okay, that's pretty badass. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like for red, that is great. Like, and it's not overcosted. So yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. I, I'd be I'd be pretty excited to see the the predators in there because I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't know them. Yep. Like at all. I'm kind of scared about that. If you get your hands on the blue one, because you never knew about the blue one. Oh. Oh man. Oh, yeah. there. The blue predator. He's no bueno. <laughs> he oh my gosh. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, he shuts down the game. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Damian needs one of those. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's dirty. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Alright, so obviously we'll get can we'll get more spoilers from modern masters as the weeks roll out, and we'll definitely make sure we keep talking about them for everyone. Um, you know, there's all kinds of podcasts out there that are going to do set reviews and all this different stuff. I don't feel that we'll do a set review. We most likely are just going to talk about the rares or if there's a common or uncommon that really stands out to us that's cool um, or, or that we're happy to see. Packaging. What's up? Or this pretty cool new packaging. Oh, yeah. The eco-friendly packaging. 100% recyclable? Yeah. it's. I mean, they have to do it. Over. Ten, they're expecting over 10,000 people to be playing just in Vegas. Like... So the only thing I'd be worried about with the packs is how they're lined inside. Yeah. Just because I don't know, like, I'm sure since they're trying to be, you know, 100% recyclable with this, obviously the, the cards aren't going to be wrapped in plastic inside. No. Nope. Like, how are, they, how are they lined? What's keeping the cards from getting scratched? Well, okay. So I had a concern about that, too. Um, a couple things is that I don't think that they'll have any kind of lining on the inside. As long as they keep it like a nice recyclable paper, I don't think that they'll get scratched in any way. Um, now, as far as like packaging wise, they will have to have a nice firm fit because otherwise if they're like in a box, like loose floating around, uh, air gets in there, condensation. Like I know these are cardboard and they should be quote unquote dry, but condensation will still get in there uh, if they're not, sealed with you know like um 
what the foil wrapping or or these sealed packaging that they yeah. normally come in. So I'm worried about foils. Um, Modern yeah. Masters one had foils in every single pack, and Modern Masters two will have a foil in every pack as well. On the Wizards website, it says every box in Modern Masters 2015 edition contains 24 booster packs each with 15 randomly inserted game cards, including one premium card in every pack. So mm. when you get your box, you're guaranteed these foils. I don't think a cardboard, you know, little box is going to keep a foil from warping. So I'm really afraid that these are going to warp before people even get a chance to open them or even what that's going to, uh, or how that's going to affect them in the long term for people that don't want to open their boxes. Oh, yeah. So... I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, the, hopefully, Wizards is thinking about things like that and addressing it properly. I mean, they. Yes, I. I mean, we can all hope. Um, we all know, though, their track record for some of these foils uh, is not very good. <laughs> uh, look at the from the vault sets and how those foils just warp like, like, <laughs> like they want to be cigarettes, like rolled up cigarettes or something. Yeah. <laughs> they warp so bad, dude. It's terrible. We'll see. Yeah. All right, so let's move on. Uh, let's move on to our card of the week. Uh, we each have a card of the week. Um, Evan, do you want to lead off this one? Sure. So my my card's going back to our high school days. It's a little little throwback here. Uh, back to Urza's Destiny. A little card with Urza in the name, Urza's Incubator. Nice. Yeah. For for those of you who don't know what this is, it's a, it's an artifact. Uh, it does cost three colorless mana. It reads: When Urza's Incubator comes into play, choose a creature type. Creature spells of the chosen type cost two colorless mana less to play. Now, I used to use this card a lot. I actually had a playset in my angel deck just because angels are so expensive. Like, <laughs> that was basically the only thing that made made them playable was getting at least one incubator out early. Yep. But as Scott learned this weekend, yeah. there, is a, there is a much, much nastier way to use it. <laughs> and that's in Tiny Leader with my uh, with my Alicia who smiles at death deck. Mm-hmm. When I started dropping warriors for one mana, and all of a sudden the board was just overloaded, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. Yep, because uh, because I was running Ragnar at the time, which yes. I have not yet done my Ragnar deck tech. I will get to it eventually, but the. Uh, Ragnar is basically Voltron, and I'm not running a bunch of little creatures out there. You are basically swarming the board with a bunch of little dudes, and I just can't handle it, man. I can't do it. So. I straight up swarmed it, and the only thing that kept you guys alive as long as you stayed alive mm-hmm. was the fact that my Chief of the Edge got killed off like immediately, yep. Yep. so everybody was one damage less than they should have been. Yeah. Otherwise, there was not a single thing you guys could have done. But I know, like, even even with that deck, like I, I think it would be okay without the incubator. Yeah, I mean, but incubator just takes everything. As long as if you're running any kind of tribal yeah. at all, which is not hard to do anymore because everything's like human warrior, yeah. human wizard, <laughs> human this, human that. <laughs> like it's so easy. Now. Yeah, it's so easy to run a tribal deck at this point that if you're tribal at all, even like. I don't know, 75% of the creatures in your deck, mm-hmm. there's no reason to not have an incubator in there. That's true. <laughs> like, it's you true. might you might as well, because you know what's in your deck, you know what needs to cost less. Yeah. Dragons? Think about playing dragons for two mana less. Yep. <laughs> Most people aren't going to know about that card, because it's from Urza's, Urza's Destiny. That card's yeah. what 
like 15 years old at this point. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I just want to clarify for everyone because you're saying you guys, like normally, you know, a tiny commander, a tiny leader would be a 1v1 format. We just happen to have three people yeah. playing. So we were like, you know, just trying to kill some time and we all wanted to play our tiny leader decks. So we all just made a three person free for all tiny leader game. That is probably why it got so out of hand too, because probably because yeah, because you know you have to worry about more than one person, so your removal is split between two different people, and you got Evan over here dropping like warrior after warrior after warrior, and then oh what Alicia you can just play or Alicia you can play her for like a single red, okay cool <laughs> like oh my god no I, I kill her oh well I'm gonna just pay her for three like what? yeah. <laughs> Her original costume. <laughs> yeah. I don't know though. It seemed like I mean, you might have done a, a couple things to Josh. I wasn't doing a lot. I wasn't doing a but lot. But Josh was he was he was completely focused on me. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. <laughs> Even one v one, I don't think there's anything anybody. Well, at least the the decks that were that were in play and yeah. the draws that you guys had, I don't think there's anything either of those decks could have done against it. Yeah, our decks were not red based, so we didn't have pyroplasm. We weren't black based, so we didn't have any kind of uh, any infest or anything like that. Like any of the main like board wipes for this. The only thing my deck was running at the time was Oblivion Stone. I just didn't draw my Oblivion Stone. So yeah. I mean, it is what it is. You know, you, sh- you can't win them all. <laughs> but I did successfully get a Jace Ultimate, Jace Bellerin Ultimate on, <laughs> on that game, and that was fun. Like that was yeah. that made me that made me very happy about that. You you got the Jace Ultimate off on me. I <laughs> ate the twenty card mill, and then I'm pretty sure I shoved a couple of those creatures down your throat with Alicia. <laughs> yeah, pretty much because I made you mill creatures. You uh, reanimated some of them. I didn't realize that's what Alicia did. So I was just like, yep. oh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh, thanks for putting five more creatures in my graveyard. I'm going to pay four and shove two of them down your throat. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, God. All right. So, so yeah, Urza's Incubator, pretty cool. Uh, a lot of people look for cards in EDH and Commander and Cube even. Um, this is a pretty good Cube card because if, cube you're card. Playing, if you're playing like Merfolk or Goblins or Beasts or something in Cube, this fits any of those decks. So this is definitely one of those like first pickables if you know you're going to be playing tribal. And then same if you're if you're just playing um, if you're playing EDH uh, with your friends or whatever. Most EDH decks are going to have some kind of uh, you know if if you're picking a certain color to have your creatures be even if they're dual color. Most of those creatures, if any of your creatures are from a certain guild, most guilds tend to have you know like the wizard guild and then there's the beast or berserker guild or whatever so yeah so urza's incubator is a pretty solid pick it has been growing um ever since uh let's see mtg stocks has it growing as of december of 2013 it's steadily been just going up and up and up it hasn't come down and it's at like 950 now is it really yeah it's at 950 it's at an all-time high it's all-time low was like 650, like 660. So, and that was around like September 2012. So, but that was a pretty of like a huge lull for a lot of cards like this. You know, formats come out and cards get more expensive because of the format they're being played in. And I feel like after 2015 and or I'm sorry, after M15 came out, um, tiny leaders kind of took off uh, with cons coming out, and that's when it went up to like eight bucks because obviously. You know, everyone sees this card's three mana cost, and it lowers creature types. So, 
I feel like tiny leaders definitely push this one into uh, that eight to nine dollar range. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So my pick of the week is also a tiny leader card. <laughs> Mine has a little more applications outside outside of tiny leader. Um, it's Oblivion Stone, printed originally in Mirrodin and also printed in the Commander set. Uh, it says it's sitting around 1260 or 12, 1270 hmm. uh, as a as a TCG mid. Oblivion Stone's great for any uh, tiny leader deck, and actually I like it because it can go in any tiny leader deck as um, as a nice wrath effect for the entire board. Um, and any any recursion for artifacts or things like that, this thing will also allow you to keep your big bomb by you know putting a uh, putting a fate counter on on the one or two things that you want to keep and then blowing up the board and you still have those things. So, uh, oblivion stone, even if it's, even though it's at its 1250, uh, price tag, cause it does get played in Tron. I feel like oblivion stone is still one of those cards that if you ever see them in binders, you pick them up. It could easily be with its just two printings in modern. It could easily be 20, $25 and $12 is not that bad for this card. Um, we had a similar type of card in Perilous Vault recently get printed. Um, Perilous Vault is the same deal, except Perilous Vault is going to exile everything. So you have no choice to keep anything with Perilous Vault. With Oblivion Stone, you get to put a fate counter on something and keep that. So um, I've seen Tron lists play Perilous Vault and Oblivion Stone. Um, but definitely Oblivion Stone is good because it's multi-format uh, flexible and being in Tiny Leader, Commander, and all these different sets. So that's definitely my pick of the week. Living Stone's a pretty cool card. I remember I remember playing around that time. I played a lot of Mirrodin, and I that was that was one of the cards where every time I saw it in draft, it immediately went into my deck. Every time, every time I got one in a pack, it immediately went into a deck somewhere. Nobody liked seeing it hit the board, ever. If you could find ways to, to untap it during during a turn... People would just get even more and more upset the more fake counters you put on your stuff. And the, <laughs> as they were not drawing any kind of answers to it, and they were watching fake counters sit on every single one of your permanents, they were just like, "Why? Yeah. No, where's my answer?" Yep. I know because I used to I used to run one in uh, in Leveler back in the day. Yeah. So I used to you know just for fun sometimes I would take a bunch of turns as many turns as I wanted, yeah. put fake counters on all of my stuff and then just wipe the board of everybody else's stuff and just let them play yes. <laughs> just to see what they might do. Yep. It's also one of those things that you can, once you get a bunch of fake counters in your stuff, you can kind of just, you know, stack five lands on top of it. Oh yeah. And just yes. say, okay, go ahead, play. Do anything, <laughs> just, see what happens. Like... Just don't target me and then we're all good. Yep. Yep. All right. So, I just want to let everyone know that this is going to be our first episode on uh, that we're going to be putting up on MTG Cast. Uh, we're excited to bring these episodes to our listeners via MTG Cast and through iTunes and RSS feed. Uh, so those who've, who have been asking for a way to listen to us outside of YouTube, uh, we'll finally be able to bring our podcast to you guys on different platforms. Um, I understand, you know, it drains your battery, so. We don't want everyone to, you know, have to expend their battery just to listen to, you know, us ramble for an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> we do yeah. want you to listen. We appreciate all of our listeners and we love everybody. Like, this is cool that this is all happening so quickly. Um, 
but yeah, we definitely want to get these episodes out to you guys through, uh, through more casual and normal means through iTunes and RSS feed and stuff like that. So MTG cast is going to help us do that. And we're happy to be part of the team there, um, helping that community grow and, uh, definitely check out different podcasts that they have. Um, that's actually what kind of got me started on the whole wanting to podcast thing. Uh, just listening in on, um, Monday night magic and the mana pool and Chewy and all the guys and, uh, like tap and sack, all those guys, they're cool. They have, they all bring all kinds of different information. They're all magic players and that's what it's all about. So we'll definitely post links, uh, when we have episodes up on the Facebook community that we have and through MTG mind games, the YouTube channel that will still continue to post our episodes there and, and on Twitter as well. Uh, so Evan, do you have any, uh, any non magic related news or anything to talk about? Well, I do just want to point out that I don't know how many how many listeners follow football, but tomorrow is actually the start of the NFL draft. And I just have to say, <laughs> if the Buccaneers draft Jameis Winston, I am going to be thoroughly disappointed at them because that is not the answer to any of the problems in Tampa Bay. Oh That's gosh. all I have to say. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said because I don't even listen to sports, but... I, I support you. <laughs> Let's see. Apparently, we are in the minority of people who think, think that the, the punishments handed down were fair. Really? Yeah. I'm getting the Tom Martell. I don't know who that is. Yeah. But he is advocating for lifetime bans for practice mechanical cheats, not heat of moment bad judgment. Wow. So that would be a lifetime ban for... Steven and probably still a six month suspension for Felipe. Okay. Brian David Marshall seems to agree with him. Yeah, okay. Going back to the suspensions from the Pro Tour. Okay, I can kind of see what they're talking about. If it's a practice cheat, it's something that you're good at. What's that movie where they uh they practice cheating at gambling and then they end up going to Vegas and winning a bunch of money? Talking about twenty one? I think so. Where they play blackjack with Kevin Spacey? Yes, with Kevin Spacey. Yeah, 21. <laughs> so, yeah, I could see in that kind of a light because it's preemptive, it's thought about, they knew they were going to do it. And a lot of people, instead of it just being out of desperation to get the win, because I feel like that's what a lot of cheaters end up doing it for. Um, and unfortunately, some people are just so good at cheating that they'll just think like, you know, there's all these different avenues to cheat. Let me just pick one at the time that I can kind of take. And for this guy, Steven Speck, I would I would assume that the having the perfect hand every time, that's something even more preemptive, like a sleight of hand, that's even worse than the desperation cheats. So I can I can kind of side with them a little bit on that, but I still feel three years is a long time. I think it depends on like like if it's something that you're continuing to do like three years is a very long time yeah. it's long enough to teach most people a lesson if he were to come back and do it again obviously that's a lifetime ban yeah but for like a, for a first offense or at least you know first time getting caught doing it yeah unfortunately like, that's the I word mean, you gotta use <laughs> yeah but if, if first time getting caught I think three really i think three years is just acceptable to me i i can't even like i'm reading i'm reading everybody's comments on it 
I see what people are saying, and I I understand where they're coming from. Yeah, but it's still three years is such a long time, and I don't. I think people are just kind of skipping over the fact that three years is that long. Yeah, I don't know that there's ever a time in my life where I've gone without playing Magic for three years, and I know you know he's not banned from playing Magic. Period. Yeah, obviously there's no way to do that, but. For a lot of competitive players and tournament players, playing tournament magic is playing magic to them. Yeah, it's true. It's not fun for them to go down to the to the local game shop and beat on kids with their ridiculous decks. It's not fun. Yeah, I have to imagine it's not fun, anyways. I know that when I when I would go down with like my brain freeze deck, which is you know turn turn one kills most of the time. Yeah, like I don't I didn't have fun beating people that didn't know what I was doing. I had fun beating you because you appreciated what he was doing. <laughs> I had fun beating Josh with it because he appreciated what he what it was doing. Right. I didn't have fun beating Alex with it. Well, sometimes I had fun beating Alex with it <laughs> just because he complained so much. But if, like it, when people would watch the deck and go, so I don't get to do anything, Yeah. Like that wasn't fun for me. I'm assuming that's the same thing when the, when guys like that go down and get their get their crazy decks out and people are just like, so... What you're telling me is my deck isn't good at all? <laughs> well, I mean, it's something to be said that you, when you start playing with pros and you start playing the pro circuit, um, you don't want to go and you won't learn anything from going and playing with people who are not as good as you are. Now, I'm not exactly. saying... Because Steven Speck is obviously, like, let's say he cheated from day one. He still knew how to play Magic. He still had to know when to cheat. You know what I'm saying? So he yeah. still had to be a good enough player to get into the position where, okay, right now a cheat is the way that I would win. Like, you can't tell me that every single game that he's played, he's cheated his way to get to the Pro Tour. That's not possible. Like, there's no way he's done that. Someone would have noticed with or without a camera at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, absolutely. Because if, and... if he was that good, no one would have caught, caught him at the, at the Pro Tour. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And God hands, even though they're God hands, God hands are beat. Yeah. Like, it happens. You know, you plan this perfect hand, and a lot of the time, it's still not going to work for you. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to be ridiculous for the first three or four turns, but you're going to draw a bunch of crap, <laughs> yep. and nothing's going to work out, and you're, gonna, you're still going to get beat every once in a while. And every once in a while, your opponent's going to draw a God hand that counters your God hand. Like, it's just... I mean, there, there's all sorts of aspects to it. And I'm not, again, I don't think either of us are condoning cheating. No, Neither of us no. appreciates cheating, yeah. except for when it's Brian Luna doing it. Cause, okay, that's a completely that's a whole different thing. That. And I think we need to get into that because people need Bro, to know this. It's, I mean, honestly, <laughs> if you look at what he did, like, it's kind of the same thing, really. <laughs> all right, sleight of hand, yes. Uh on on style points way out of the ballpark oh yeah <laughs> like, oh yeah so we have a buddy brian luna used to play magic with us back in the day and uh he was one of those guys who he would draw extra cards at the kitchen table when you weren't looking you would reach down to get your soda or you everyone would be like looking at a card or whatever he would just be sitting there all just completely quiet just drawing three or four cards off the top and he would always have his hands underneath the table never played with his hands above the table and all of a sudden someone would be like brian how many cards you got in your hand he'd have 23 cards in his hand <laughs> my my favorite brian luna cheat was when he would 
adjust his hand so all his lands were in the same spot. And then when he played one land, he would actually put like five cards down. (laughs) So we'd be sitting there on like turn six, and all of a sudden he'd be all, okay, so Verdant Force, and Verdant Force, and Verdant Force, and we'd be like, wait a minute. (laughs) We're only on turn six. How, what do you, why do you have every land in your deck? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Did you see me drop multiple lands in one turn? Oh, man. I think you guys just didn't play (laughs) for a lot of the game. Just to clarify with everyone, I think we were what? Were we like 17? And I mean, when we were 17, we're 30 now. Like, this was... Yeah. We were total tabletop kitchen, like, table players. Like, we were not serious at all. Oh, no. And we were serious to the point where we followed the rules, at least. But... Still, you know, people would cheat and it'd be funny because it's just your buddies. Like, yeah. it's not like no one's going to get DQ'd from the DCI, you know. It's like, you know, we're not... Brand Luna, lifetime ban. <laughs> yeah, there's no money on the table. But seriously, I think my favorite one was when Jared... Because Jared and him were like, had like, they were always in cahoots to cheat us out because we were all serious about playing. <laughs> and they would always just have fun with it. And uh, I think Brian would go to draw extra cards or do something like just out of nowhere where the board state would just be some crazy epic thing and uh and your, and your brother jared would go up put both his hands in the air and just start snapping <laughs> no like, matter what, how many times he did it no matter how many times he did it we all looked why. at his hands every single oh time <laughs> i think the best oh part is God. if you watch brian sometimes like it, when you weren't in the game like you, and you could watch like the whole thing. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while, Jared would start snapping, and everybody would, would look up his hands, including Brian, <laughs> as he was drawing ten cards. <laughs> just, just for consistency, oh, he would look man. at it and yeah. just pick ten cards up, put it in his hand, put it under the, put it under the table. Uh, those were the golden days. But yeah, we definitely don't condone cheating. Uh, I would definitely say that Steven Speck, uh, the three-year ban, I don't see it being lifted or shortened at all. And oh. I feel three years is fine. If he does end up coming back and being some guy that's just going to end up doing some Houdini-style tricks with his deck, then by all means, ban the guy for a lifetime ban. But not the first time. Hasbro, DCI, Wizards, they don't want to lose or set a precedent for um, for no one ever getting a second chance. You know, yeah. they're a business. They need to make money. They need to sell product. They, If people are fearful of a single cheat and then, you know, all it takes is someone saying, you premeditated that. Like, you you knew you were going to do that. You know, that falls under this guidelines or whatever. You're banned for life. Yeah, it's They're a really fine a line. People. Yeah, they would lose a lot of people out of fear that, like, well, how do I know that I'm not just going to get scumbag ruled that way you know i mean i'm not saying judges or the dci are going to scumbag rule anyone like if you're cheating you're cheating but when you set this precedence that there is a zero tolerance rule for um desperate desperation cheating and people you know you're banned for life if you desperation cheat people get desperate dude like that's just i'm pretty sure that's what felipe valdivia did but the thing is actually never mind i don't know what i'm talking about felipe valdivia was gonna win that match i don't even know I don't know what he was thinking. He didn't even need to cheat. He cheated because he wanted to get Narset's ultimate off. Like, I'm not even kidding. He cheated because he wanted to get Narset's ultimate off. He did it just so he would get extra turns out of it. And he even said on camera, he's like, no, no, don't scoop, don't scoop. I want to get her ultimate. 
And then they're like, okay, go. And then he said, okay, ultimate. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Like a little oh. kid at like local F and M like, like, dude, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. It, that makes me wonder how much he was actually doing. Yeah, that's true. Because at the same time, you got to think like if he's kind of, Nobody like no pro player has that mentality. Like personally, I don't. I've never seen that on camera. Like someone kind of have that Timmy little moment that you would have at your local F and M, and that's exactly what how Felipe Valdivia acted. It makes you wonder. Like maybe he just thought he could return his Temple of Deceit. <laughs> like maybe he just didn't understand, then thought it was something he revealed and needed to put in his hand. I don't know. Like uh... I don't know, man. Uh, I'm not even going to try and get in the heads of these guys. It's just, yeah. So let's talk about the green-white assault formation deck that uh, I recently posted on MTG Mind Games. What do you think about that deck? I think I want to build that deck and play <laughs> that deck. Right. <laughs> for the for the price you built it for, like that's that's got to be one of the one of the strongest decks at that at that cost. It just seems like so much fun to play and it's yeah. such a weird mechanic that it's being based around yeah that there's not i mean there's ways to answer it obviously because it's very creature based but yeah. <laughs> a lot it, really there's not ways to answer it no okay so okay going back to what you said there's there's ways to answer it because it's creature based yes like if someone's running a lot of crux of fate a lot of wrath effects things like that Generally, you need five, six turns to get those things online. No one's playing, you know, Ramp into a Wrath. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. no one's playing Elvish Mystic, you know, Sylvan Karyotted, Wrath you turn three. Like, no one's doing that. No um, one's expecting you to get a God Hand and kill them with a Lagana Ben Trailblazer right? on turn three. Exactly. So, the deck that we're talking about, you guys, it's a budget green-white assault formation deck that I put together at a listener... Um, for MTG Mind Games, because I make videos for them, obviously. Um, a listener had requested Assault Formation for our budget tech uh, for the week. Now, I had originally done a Mono White Life Gain, and I was just doing some you know tricky things with 1-1 counters with uh, Anafenza, the um, Kintry Spirit. Uh, so I'm in that mode of, you know, now I got my mindset on budget. What can I do for the cheapest, you know, most craziest effects and things? And when they told me about Assault Formation, I looked at it, and I was like, I wonder if there's, you know, because I remembered Yoked Ox. I remember, you know, <laughs> I remember Marshall Sutcliffe from Limited Resources talking about, you know, Yoked Ox. And just people saying there's kind of like underlying thing that Yoked Ox is like the best card in the format. Well, in this deck, I think Yoked Ox is one of the best cards in the deck. Yeah. <laughs> um, Assault Formation makes Yoked Ox and Lagona Band Trailblazers 4-4s, uh, or, well, attack for 4, uh, because they're 0-4s for 1 mana. So the God Hand is essentially a single white mana. You play Lagona Band Trailblazers, and then turn 2, you play your Assault Formation with a Forest, uh, and then turn 3, you should have three, 2 Forests and 1 Plains in play, and you have already attacked on turn two with your Lagona Band Trailblazer for four. Turn three, you pump, um, what was it, Shape the Sands twice into your Lagona Band Trailblazer, attack them for 16 on turn three. So if, they, if you're on the play and they're on the draw and they don't have a kill spell for a turn two, they just lose the game because that's going to be 20 damage. I mean, yes, it's a god hand. 
but the fact that the deck even has the ability to do that with yeah. commons and one rare, like, yeah. it's just crazy to me. So uh, it's a really fun deck. Uh, we'll put a link to it in the description of this video. Um, and uh, it'll also be in the show notes if you're listening to this on MTG Cast. Um, it's definitely cheap. It's only 60 bucks, and that includes two Dragonlord Dramokas and two Elspeths. So that's like almost 40 bucks right there. <laughs> so the rest of the deck is like 20 bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's pretty interesting uh, the different tech you can get when you really just stop looking at a bunch of rares and start looking for really interesting ways to win the game. Um, one of our listeners, Tyler, likened it to uh, to like mono red decks, how they're a glass cannon, and this green-white deck is like the green-white budget version glass cannon. It's even more fragile because if you lose your assault formation, it's kind of GG. You're yeah. in nothing but zero force. <laughs> they just sit in there. Well, well, can you attack me? Because I can block it. Yeah, I can block really well. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's pretty interesting. Um, I am. I want to bring more deck techs to the channel, and I, I like talking about different decks and different options that people have. You know. I'm. I don't. I don't have any problem with people net decking uh, and going out and getting ideas for decks. But I personally always like to build my decks from scratch. Um, I like looking and reading a format and building a road rogue deck and trying to make things, um, you know, customizable. That's what we all got into Magic for because they're your cards. You play them the way you want to play them. You know, it's like I definitely want to bring more rogue decks. Uh, and deck builds to the limelight because I've always been a rogue deck builder. So that I'm sure, you know, everyone's going to be seeing that a lot more of that from me. And as far as, I mean, Evan, you don't really play standard, um, but you do play EDH and commander and, uh, and tiny leader and things like that. So I know I want to do some deck techs on some of your decks coming up here in the, in the future. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to get into doing that as soon as I actually get a, get out there and buy a webcam, which I have yeah. just not had the opportunity to do yet. Yeah. We record this podcast out of just our own, our own equipment. You know, it's not like we went out and bought any specialty equipment for, this podcast so if our quality isn't any up to par or anything you know we we will try and work on that we will try and get better microphones and things like that evan what are you recording on right now uh, i'm recording on a a ten dollar ten year old lab tech microphone there you go <laughs> it literally it used to at one point it had a little mount that sat on the side of my monitor when my monitor was crt nice and we used to play counter-strike oh yeah Counter-Strike. like 1.6 i'm not even talking source this was this this mic is from 1.6 days. Dude, I used to have all the best skins on there. I love those skins. <laughs> like my hostage skins were like Britney Spears. Like it was random. Like <laughs> I had like predator skins for my guys. Oh yeah. And just like alien skins for the other guys. Like yeah. So <laughs> I record on. I mean, I have an old mic that I used to use for my band. That's what I just hooked up today. But all of our previous episodes were. Um, were a Plantronic headset that I had inherited from my job that had laid me off. So, yay. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, and my webcam, too, that I actually record all of my, you know, all of my content for MTG Mind Games. All of that content is recorded with equipment that I got from my job that had let me go. So, it's just like, after I had been let go, I'm just like, well, what am I going to do with all my time? I like doing magic stuff and uh, looking for a job. So, you know, like, well, why don't I... Why don't I go ahead and start recording some stuff, you know, let people know, you know, 
what we already do. So yeah. that's the result, or this is the result of all of that that like thinking and all of that planning. So um, yeah. we're happy to be part of MTG Cast and all of that uh, family and everything. So uh, we definitely want to continue to bring more content to everybody. And I'm pretty sure, Evan, are you up to you know making guest appearances on other casts like? Like I'm down. I don't know. Like yeah, I'm fine with it as long as they understand that I'm a <laughs> very casual player. Oh yeah, for sure, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, you got to have those different points of views though. Like that's yep. that's kind of one of the things that I I really like about our show specifically is that yeah. you're so involved in like the competitive and you know the like aggressive trading and stuff, and oh, I'm yeah. just sitting over here like I got some cool cards. <laughs> I'm gonna put them into sleeves and see if it works. Right. Right. Yeah, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of all different types of Magic the Gathering content in general. I listen to all different types of podcasts, anything from you know, the A Team to, you know, I I started listening to MTG Cast back in the day when I worked in an office, so I had hours upon hours. I used to listen to every single cast, you know. Now now I don't have as much time now that I'm doing all this stuff, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty, it's been pretty uh, interesting. Um, the developments of the past few years as far as uh, where my MTG or Magic the Gathering um, kind of career has gone. Um, it's it's become way more than a hobby for me nowadays. And I, if you know me personally, you obviously know that I'm the guy with the Black Lotus tattooed on his forearm. So um, it's kind of intimidating if you go to a card shop and you start trading with the guy that has the yeah. black lotus tattooed on his forearm so sometimes i tend to you know put a card like put a put one of those like nike sleeves over my arm to kind of hide it i don't want to intimidate anybody that's not my intention i love the game and i i just i, I was actually talking to uh, to a lady planeswalker at our um at our lgs about um about like what you know what drew her to the game and we'll have a spotlight for the Lady Planeswalker Society coming up in a future episode. I really want to interview some of them and kind of ask them, kind of get their opinions and their points of view about how they feel about our LGS and things we can do to improve and things like that and just try and get them involved a little more. Um, but I asked her, uh, the, the individual, her name was May, and I had asked her, hey, so, you know, what kind of drew you to the game? And she said, is it wrong that I want to say that it was the art? And I kind of sympathize with her because I think what she was thinking is maybe, you know, is it wrong like, like that it wasn't a competitive thing that drew her to the game? It was the art. And for me, do you remember what it was that drew me to the game? It was the art. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I had seen the art at Creers in the mall and saw them on like packs of mirage i saw like marrow the original art for marrow back in the day mm -hmm. i'm just like dude that's a tree ant. that's some guy's face out of a tree like i need to buy some of those packs and then you were like here here's this portal set thing that we can play it's like a pack thing and it comes with two decks and i was like well yeah. let's do this like <laughs> you got your theraflu in a cup let's go do this down at the park <laughs> like, i'm gonna go oh, skate <laughs> like, <laughs> yep that was back in the day man so yeah, so it's always been about the art for me because I'm also an artist. So, um, Evan, what was it that drew you into Magic? It's always it's always been about the strategy for me because I am the complete opposite. I'm not an artist. <laughs> like I I like the art. I, right. Like I cards like a chroma and stuff. Yeah, that are like super detailed. I I appreciate all the work that goes into them. I really think that I think they're really cool looking. Yeah, but for me, 
like it's always been about the strategy. That's probably why I'm a blue player. Yeah. Because my brain, like I look at I look at my hands, and if if it's just straightforward, like I know, like oh well, this turn I'm going to be playing Lanowar Elf, and then next turn I'm going to be playing another Lanowar Elf and a Priest Titania, and then the the turn after I'm going to overrun and like yeah, yeah. like it's it's fun for me, but it's really straightforward. But when I first started playing, which was back in Revised and Mirage. Mm-hmm. The guys, the guys that that got me into it were my older brother Jared yeah. and his friend Tony Mungo, and they were like, "Well, Tony at least was like serious. He back then is what you are now. Really? Like that? That's how he. That's how he was to me. Like he would have been that guy where when I was a kid, I'd walk into a card shop and I'd be like, "Hey, is that a black lotus tattooed on your yeah. arm? That's yeah. how I feel like. That, that's how I remember Tony from when from when I was a kid. Nice. And I just remember playing against his decks and going, "Man." I want to be this good nice. at a game at some point, and that's that's why I, not why I started, but why I, why I like really got into it. Yeah, because you saw the potential that someone was that good at the game that like obviously they had thought about it enough to get that good at the game, you know. And so it's, yeah, there was space there to grow, right? So yeah, I think I got I think I probably got into it just because Jared was into it, and I was like, oh. Yeah. My, yeah. My older brother plays this game. I should play this game too. Yeah. Did Did he ever kick you down some cards or like like uh, like here Here's my extra chafe. Go ahead and have this or what? No, no. we kind of everything kind of stayed separate. But when the uh, I don't remember the name of the car of the the bookshop, but there used to be a bookshop over here, and for whatever reason, like it, it carried magic cards, and it was right down the street. We we used to go to it all the time, and every time we would go, I would just talk my mom into buying me a booster pack of Mirage or a starter pack of revised or whatever. And she was like, she was super, she was super into it because it was something that wasn't just a video game. Yeah. She was like, Oh, you're actually using your brain for something. At least that's how I, that's how I look back on it. That's how I think about it. It's the same thing with Trenton. Like if we're, if we're walking through target or something and Trenton's like, Oh, well, I really want this toy. I'm like, eh, what if he's like, I really want some magic cards. I'm like, okay, yeah, <laughs> let's get exactly. your cards. I was going to say, yeah, because, I mean, yes, a toy will make you, you know, use your imagination and things like that. Me, coming from the toy collector guy, like, yeah. I, used to, I collect Star Wars toys and stuff like that. So it's like, I understand it, it creates this, like, huge imagination in a kid to have a toy and, and play with it and kind of embody, like, the strength the toy has or something like that. You know, there's a lot of different aspects to it, but with magic cards, I feel the same way. Like with my kids, I don't have any kids yet, but I do want to have kids someday. And I have always said that, you know, my, my hobbies and things like that are about advancing your strategic thinking, your active learning thinking, your critical thinking, all these different types of facets about using your mind and using your imagination and your brain uh, and then it even carries over into finance, into uh, taking care of something, caring for uh, and valuing your property. So having some kind of ownership of something. So there's all of these different things that it teaches you as far as as far as just the game itself goes, including obviously the social aspect and all the different benefits that you get from that and lifelong friendships that you end up getting so it's yeah there's all kinds of bonuses to having a game like this and i mean i'm sure obviously there's things like chess out there checkers um in different cities there's a lot of different gaming clubs that you can be part of and i i couldn't imagine ever not playing magic so 
I guess we're getting more on like a heart to heart now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's it's uh I am so glad that I found this game. Like like I couldn't well, imagine what I'd be doing nowadays. Like You know, my thing about magic versus other games, like other strategic games like chess. Yeah. Is I mean yes, you can play chess without like memorizing the quote unquote moves. Yeah. But everybody that plays like super competitive chess like, you make a move, and they're already like, oh, well, I know exactly which pattern you're using. Now I'm going to use this to counter it. So as soon as you start that counter, they're like, oh, well, now I have to use this counter. It's all, like, s- specific sets of moves until somebody forgets or doesn't notice what you're doing. Right, exactly. Magic is completely random. Yeah. Every game is going to... You're never going to play the same game of Magic twice. Nothing is ever going to be the same thing twice. If it is, you're playing Magic wrong. <laughs> Well, if it is, also, it's probably because you're uh, cheating like Steven Speck. <laughs> oh, man. Had to get that little jab in there, Sick did you? burn. <laughs> I, I can't even follow that up. I know. All right. So uh, where can people find you, Evan? Well, I actually have a legitimate Twitter account now. It's at MTGEvan, so don't worry about having to spell Commander any weird ways. There you go. Nice. Uh, I do still have the Instagram, but I don't... Honestly, I don't really look at my Instagram, and it's just pictures of beer anyways. (laughs) But at MTGEvan, you can find me there on Twitter. Nice. Go follow the at MTGMindGames. Go become part of the Facebook community. You can find me at MTG Scooter. That's M-T-G-S-K-O-O-T-E-R. Um, on Instagram, we have at MTG Mind Games. Uh, you can also, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can go to tchip.com slash wake the dead, where you can purchase a t-shirt or, I mean, we got t-shirts, hoodies, uh, coffee mugs, cell phone cases on there. Um, T-Chip will take their portion out, and we get a pretty decent portion to support the podcast. Uh, All of that will go into, obviously, equipment and things like that. Just help us out, and at the same time, you guys get a t-shirt or hoodie or whatever. And it's our logo um, as of MTG Mind Games Wake the Dead podcast. So um, go check that out and uh, let let your fellow Magic players know. Thank you guys for listening. So this has been episode five, Cheaty Face. (laughs) All right, guys. Keep it real. Keep it magic.